Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, and welcome to episode 175 of SwiftCast. This is Adam. Haley. Ashley. Steph. Nate. And Ashley. Everybody. Yeah, we have a full crew. Everyone's here on a very important night. Yes. So myself and Haley are both on this call with the other four who are currently in Austin, Texas, and it is the night after Taylor's performance. So Haley and I are here to ask them all about the show. The night after our funerals. (laughs) (laughs) We're excited to talk about it. So I guess I want to just ask you guys to start from the beginning. Uh, tell us about uh, your experience going to the venue, what the venue was like, because it's such a different experience than going to an arena or a stadium. This was obviously a giant racetrack. Um, so just tell us about going to the venue and what it was like and how everything and the day got started. Okay, so, well, basically, if you guys are unaware, Formula One is this massive racing event that happens every year. The track itself is probably like three miles in diameter. So, I mean, I feel like we left it several <laughs> times over the course of the day. Mm-hmm. We walked so far and so long. It re- seriously, like, I mean, it took, it takes forever to get from one end to the other. This place is humongous. Parking itself, I mean, it's just like a nightmare. This place is just massive. Anyway, so when we got there, it was the afternoon and, you know, the races were still going on and uh, there's a lot of food venues. Um, there was a lot of things to do. We ended up going to, there was a Swifty meetup before the concert issues in the early afternoon. Because a lot none of, of us who up. traveled in for this race had any interest in watching the actual cars. Yeah, exactly. Right. Wasn't a thing at all. <laughs> so basically, we met up with a bunch of Swifties. It's cool to see a lot of people that we recognize from Twitter or wherever, Tumblr. and uh, We got to meet some of you too. Yeah, actually. So if you're listening, you know, give us a shout out. Of course, a ton of nice people, uh, you know, and a, thankfully it was a really nice day there. I mean, very sunny, you know, warm, not raining or anything like that, thankfully. But the entire thing, I mean, as far as the venue goes, big, takes a long time to walk anywhere, good food. Really, I could see why it's such a popular event every year for a lot of people. Yeah, I thought it was pretty organized. They even had a little shuttle to take you from place to place, which we used once. They had water refill stations, which I thought was amazing because we really needed it. Right. It was warm, but not awful. And I think that the workers, for the most part, did a really good job of managing the fans because obviously there was a much different crowd than who the car race probably usually draws. So I think they really did their best. But as far as the car race, we actually didn't see any of the cars. <laughs> we we heard I, them, but we, we heard didn't them. See them. I told Steph I didn't see any actual Formula One cars at all that day. I saw some like race cars, you know, just regular old NASCAR cars. And then Nate had to explain to me the difference between a Formula <laughs> One and a race car. So the Formula One is the really sleek body with 
before wheels. If you saw what Formula One tweeted, the Taylor car, that was a Formula One car. Nice. Steph's learning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm disappointed now that we never saw that car. I feel like it should have been on display in like the middle of everything. Right. If you didn't see, it was a, a red car and it had Taylor stuff on it. I think it had 1989 on it. I kept expecting to see Scott Borchetta vroom vrooming around the <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he was there, though. Cool. So once the time to go into the music venue rolled around, uh, what was that like? And how did the venue look? From what we understood before the concert, it was a big general admission lawn area and then i know people were able to get upgraded like vip seats for like a a front pit type area so how did that all work out yeah basically when you entered through the main gates if you had regular lawn which was what everybody who bought any sort of race ticket got with their admission you went to a hill that had sort of a fence separating it from the front half And if you had upgraded, which we did, we paid extra money to be closer. You went to the front half, closer to the stage. And then within that area, there were a lot of different places you could go. It was kind of on a slope, which was good. So you could either risk your life wiggling your way to the front, which we did. Mm -hmm. Or like there were pretty much anywhere you stood, you could see the stage, which was much different than like the field or like the floor of a big stadium. It was kind of almost like the stage was pressed right up against the racetrack. The racetrack itself was kind of like this, you know, our, the upgraded area. And then behind that was the general missionary was kind of like a, a 100 or 200 level seating, like on a hill, basically, from a normal show. And we also got in line really early. So that was why we were able to get a good spot, which was great. But it was kind of nice because the race people didn't really allow people to line up really, really early. So we didn't have to sit outside all day and get really dehydrated. Yeah, like at most Taylor shows that I go to. (laughs) Yeah, for what I expected of how crazy I expected it to be, I feel like we escaped relatively unscathed. Like, we didn't get pushed or shoved, really. Uh, No one got stepped on. (laughs) Nobody got trampled, yeah. Yeah, we all had water. It was fairly organized. I was was semi-impressed with what COTA did for the fans. I'm sure she will never play there again, but if she did, I would go back knowing that I have a feel for how it works now and feel like it worked pretty well. And I was really impressed because generally when you have pit at a stadium, you line up, like I said, at eight in the morning and then it's a mad dash to the pit. People fall, people lose their shoes. I've Jumped. I personally witnessed shoe loss. <laughs> right, <okay? laughs> right. I, I think I was probably with yes. you. I was mm-hmm. jumping over flip-flops, whereas this was much more calm. People walked. There was no sprinting. And it was actually a far walk to the pit, so I think people didn't feel like running that long. It was literally like a mile and a half from where we stood to the actual stage. So they escorted us, basically. Like all, like, 80,000 of us. Mm-hmm. Like... <laughs> Yeah, there was security along pretty much every few feet just to make sure that everything stayed orderly. And I think that was really Mm. essential. It really was. Especially for an artist like Taylor, because people are very passionate. (laughs) Passionate, that's a good way to put it. (laughs) (laughs) So I know from what it seemed like online, I thought Taylor was supposed to come on at 7 o'clock, but did she come on about 7.30 or so? Right, it was a little before 7.30. We also thought she was coming on at 7 but I was impressed that they got all of us in there by 7. When we were waiting outside, we said there's no way she's starting at 7 because we saw all of these people they had to get in. But by 7, everybody was in. 
She came onto the stage about 7.25. So we can't forget to talk about the awesome pre-show playlist that I feel like Taylor definitely had to have picked because these songs had Taylor written all over it. Yes, and we wrote them down. Initially, there were a lot of songs that we felt like Taylor definitely didn't pick out, so I didn't write those down for you all. But once the playlist started that I felt like Taylor had something to do with, that's where I started keeping track. There was Starboy by The Weeknd, which may have been a CODA thing because The Weeknd was initially supposed to perform tonight on Sunday before Usher replaced The Weeknd. Then it went to the Kendrick Lamar song, Started From The Bottom. We know Taylor cross-stitched Ed that line from the song, so I was thinking definitely Taylor pick right there. Then it went to Team by Lord. And Taylor always incorporates her songs before past shows. Right. And then it got really Taylor-esque. You had Forever by Haim. And then right before Taylor went on stage, it was Can't Keep My Hands to Myself by Selena. So it was a good pre-show. And they did fan camera like usual. So once they started showing the fans, we were all thinking, okay, she's going to be on soon. Any she's second. It's pretty funny now that I think about it, because when I saw Selena in concert this summer, the song before she came on was This Is What You Came For. Really? (laughs) (laughs) All right. So once you guys got up to the seating area and where you were for the concert, what was your view like? Was it similar to a pit at an arena or stadium? And then along with that, uh, what was the stage like? Okay. So, well, I'll talk about the stage first so I can kind of paint you a mental picture here. So the stage itself was the 1989 stage, but uh, it was either raised. I mean, they they added some extra support on there. The thing was massive. It was really pounding out some bass. I mean, it was, it was humongous. So picture the normal 1989 stage and then like, I don't know, maybe a 20 foot section of catwalk, something like that, that just jettisoned straight out of the stage. So from that T of catwalk, there were two pits, a left and a right pit. You know, just normal pit seating, basically. Around that was just regular, like, front row uh, general standing room seating, basically. Which, really, anywhere that you stood there was a pretty good view. So, where we ended up being was, like, right next to the pits, essentially, um, on the right-hand side. So, we had really great seats. And luckily, Mm -hmm. none of the people around us were too pushy or, like, too crazy. Like, everyone was really nice. Everyone was there for Taylor. I feel like the people that were there for Taylor, like us, were the ones pushing up to the front. And, like, some of the people who maybe just had watched the race hung in the back, which was good. I really felt like we were surrounded by like-minded Taylor fans, Mm -hmm. which is nice. The other thing I noticed about the stage was it was really tall. And I think that's because this seating area went so far back. They needed it to be tall so that people went in the back could see her. And so when she was on the other side towards the left pit, we couldn't see her at all. It was like we had to watch the screen until she walked back over to us. I mean, that's how big the stage was. Yeah, yeah, we could see her when she was in the middle and when she was on the right. But yeah, it was very tall. Cool. Well, let's get on to the music and find out what the set list was like. I know you guys on the last episode had a lot of predictions and also took some predictions from listeners. Uh, to see what the opening song and the closing song would be. Uh, Do you know if anybody got both of them right? So it looked like from last week, no one got both of them right. We definitely didn't get 
the opening and closing songs right either. No, I felt so strongly it was going to be Blank Space. Yeah, it turned out to be New Romantics, and Haley, two people predicted that, correct? Right. Um, Sammy and Maya from Twitter said New Romantics. Um, she didn't say that it was opening or closing. But Liam Clayton said that she was going to close with Shake It Off, which was pretty cool. And he wanted a encore, which didn't happen. You know, it's so funny because and I guess we'll get I shouldn't jump ahead to the end of the show. But when I met other shows, I was just thinking like the whole concept of an encore, it sometimes feels so fake. And the other day I was like, I'm glad Taylor stopped doing it because it seems so fake. Like when they didn't play their biggest hits, like, you know, they're going to come back. So what's the point? But then, with last night, I never wanted it to end. I was like, I can't oh, believe sure. there's no hardcore. <laughs> so. Actually, I completely agree with you. When Taylor stopped doing the encore for the Red Tour, I was really disappointed at first. And I thought, this is awful. I like having an encore. I wanted her to bring it back. And I know before the 1989s were on episodes, I said, I hope she brings back an encore. But now I'm so glad she doesn't do that. And I hope she doesn't. Because, like Ashley said, it just feels fake. Like, when I went to the Jimmy Eat World show and they left the stage and hadn't played the middle, I'm like, yeah, because no one thinks you're coming back to play the middle. Right. Okay. <laughs> and then people just start screaming and it hurts your ears. And I like how Taylor sets up her show so there is a little break. So in a way, it feels like an encore, but it's not really. Like, for 1989 with the video, before she came back out for Shake It Off, it felt like a little break. As far as the opening song, though, I was floored that it was New Romantics. I, I never saw that one coming at all. Well, I want to mention before we even like talk more about that, that the opening sequence was really dramatic. It was this beat that wasn't really to anything, so it gave nothing away. And the band and the backup singers walked out really dramatically. There were no dancers, which I think we predicted. There was no video, like I hoped there might be, but it was very intense. And then these lasers, like these laser lights started flickering all over the stage. And it was crazy. It was like, oh my God, what is about to happen? Because it could have been anything. Like it gave nothing away. And I was so like entranced by these lasers that I missed Taylor coming up from the floor in the catwalk. I'm like, wait, why is everyone screaming? I like didn't even (laughs) see her come up. The same thing happened to me. And I think part of it is where we were standing because she came up on the catwalk. So she was out there and we... We were looking at the main stage thinking she would be there and she was out on the catwalk. And so I could see her on the screen and I was thinking, wait, where is she? <laughs> I couldn't even find her. And so I want to ask each of you guys, what was your initial impression of how she looked like her hair, her outfit? Because we haven't seen her in a year. I thought she looked great. Her outfit was this sparkly black romper with kind of a choker element to it, which she's been all into chokers recently. Her hair looked sort of different. It did. We talked about how she has the full bangs now, and it looked sort of highlighted to me in a way. Yeah, I was going to say lighter than usual. Okay, I actually thought it was darker than usual, so I don't know. Oh, really? Okay. (laughs) You're our fashion expert, though. I mean, I am. That's right. (laughs) Regardless, it definitely looked different. This was not 1989 era Taylor. Right. But the romper sort of reminded me of 1989 era, but it was black and Black is more, I guess, of a grungy color. It wasn't a sparkly silver thing or a pink thing. So I liked it, though. Ashley, what did you think? Well, I thought her hair looked a little bit longer, but I definitely liked the look. Yeah, it's like she's growing out the bleachella 
experiment. <laughs> right. Well, and she really chopped her hair short before the Grammys, just in February. So it is getting longer. I don't know if that means she'll grow it really long. We'll see. She was wearing her usual red lips. Yes. And I don't really remember if we predicted this specifically or not, but just to mention, she didn't change outfits at all the entire show. She never left the stage. Okay. Right, which we actually forgot to kind of predict on our earlier episodes. I thought she would maybe have one or two outfit changes. So during the show, I kept thinking, oh, maybe she'll go change. But it was kind of nice to have her just there all the time. Although it did make the show go much more quickly. So it sounds like you guys were surprised by New Romantics, and I'm sure it was a great performance. Yeah, I actually Mm -hmm. wasn't as surprised. Last week when Ashley, Ashley and I recorded on episode 174, and all of you listeners were talking about New Romantics, we talked about how that actually would be a great opener, because during the 1989 tour, Welcome to New York was obviously the opener, but then New Romantics also felt kind of like an opener. It was like... The sequel to the opener, because there was no real time in between the two songs. Right. Right. And she always had the break with the musical interlude, and she would go out and say, there's one thing you should know about me. I was born in 1989, and then she would go back into New Romantics. So it felt kind of like an opener to me. And for me, what I was expecting, once I realized that it was New Romantics, like she sang the first line, and I expected there to be like a dramatic pause sort of thing, like, to make it more accentuated, but it really was, like, the straight album track. It really was. Much of the show was, which was fine. Since it was, like, a greatest hits kind of a show, I think that's what she needed to do. Especially when you have such a a huge audience of, from a wide background at a race car show. Well, then I think you guys were all very surprised about the second song, which ended up being... 22 is next. I just kept saying, I never thought she'd play this again. I never thought she'd play this again. <laughs> and I ruined every video that I tried to take by my stupid talking and screaming. I should not be allowed to talk during concerts. I'm like, what is wrong with me? Why? Why? Who am I even talking to right now? Am I talking to myself? Like, I was, I was in shock. That song hasn't been performed since the Red Tour, right? Exactly. That's right. And it's, it's a good performance. And it was actually the Red Tour track as well. If you listen to, uh, yeah, just the track itself, I mean, very distinct difference from the tour version from the album version, I guess. A lot more techno-y, you can hear it in the track. Yeah, and I think I didn't realize how much I missed 22. I definitely missed it, but I don't know. I hadn't heard it in so long, I just didn't even think about it. I think the fact that she went into it so casually and it was so surprising is what made me be like, okay, we're in for a wild ride with this show. Anything's possible. And I know that it was a single, and it's not that shocking that she played it, but, like, it was in the moment. Like, it was alive back from the dead, to quote this love. (laughs) Yeah. I think on other episodes, we talked about how maybe 22, since now she's practically 27, maybe she just feels like she doesn't feel that way anymore. Because, really... When you think about how you were as an individual when you were 22 versus practically 27, you're a completely different person, especially when you're Taylor Swift. So I didn't know for sure she would have it on. I thought she would, but I wasn't completely positive. And then, like Ashley said, when it was the second song, it was crazy. 
this is very random, but I wanted to mention it because I think it's funny. The next time that she'll be able to sing that song and put her age in where it will still rhyme and make sense will be 32. So I feel like when she's 32, she's going to have to sing it and put 32 in. <laughs> <laughs> well, the next three songs in the set list were all very familiar to all of us. And they were Blank Space, I Knew You Were Trouble, and Style. So how were those? Blank Space was basically like a tour version. I mean, I mean, just the way that she was, I don't know, the way that she kind of like danced around and the way she was performing. It wasn't the like the extended track where, you know, she plays back the name of the city that she's in and, you know, bangs a golf club on a on a metal bar. But, but um, we yelled out Austin. For we her. still yelled out Austin anyway. <laughs> yeah, a ton of fans just were yelling Austin at the appropriate part, which is pretty funny. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, the performance was good. Um, same with I Knew Your Trouble. It was the original track from Red Tour, um, the one with the, like, mega bass. And she just sang it, you know. For all these songs, it wasn't, like, a huge production, but the songs that were very reminiscent of just, like, the older tour songs. And same thing with Style. I mean, even on the big screen for Style, she had uh, the same graphics from 1989 tour. The big, uh, you know, wavy blue uh, like, I don't know what you call that, like keyhole Circular. Thing. Yeah. Right, imagery. Now, I think we need to take a moment to talk about the very special fact that this show featured never-before-seen Taylor Swift blows her nose on stage breaks. <laughs> <laughs> that happened probably, what, like three times, I think, at least? Right. And the other day before we came to the show, when she tweeted she had a cold, I was like, remember on Red Tour when she blew her <laughs> nose on the B stage and we all cheered and... This was almost even better because she made a production of it. Like she choreographed the nose blowing and then like threw her arms up in the air. Like I'm a champion of nose blowing. (laughs) Right. It was hilarious. And it is really funny because that Nashville show was in September of 2013. So really practically three years ago. Exactly. Mm, That's true. (laughs) And there she was with another cold. And she did mention, imagine that I'm playing one show in 2016 and the one cold I got in 2016 was before this show. It was funny. But I remember when she had a cold on Red Tour, all the songs were performed in a much lower key. And I don't feel like she did that. I feel like she still sang completely fine. She didn't sound sick at all, really, to me when she was talking or singing. No, she sounded great. And I think with I Knew You Were Trouble, I was going to say, like, with a lot of these songs... As much as we might like the rearranged version she does on other tours, I don't think you realize how much you miss just the regular version. It's refreshing, yeah. It's very refreshing. Because after hearing the dark and twisted I Knew You Were Trouble all of last year, it was really great. And she saw the smokestacks for I Knew You Were Trouble, which I think is key. It's great. Oh yeah, she, she did still have those. And one thing we talked about last week was whether she would have dancers, and she definitely did not. During Blank Space, the dancers are obviously a huge element. And the same with I Knew You Were Trouble on the 1989 tour. And of course, Style. They're a huge element during Style. But for this particular show, she didn't have any dancers. She had her band and the backup singers. And I think that just shows what we already know, but hopefully Taylor knows now, that she doesn't need any big production to put on an amazing show. She could do a totally stripped-down tour, and it would still be just as good. And still could captivate a crowd of 80 plus thousand people. Right. That was the other thing we forgot to mention. She did say right at the beginning that 80,000 people were there. And we've talked about on recent episodes, the largest crowd Taylor's ever had 
we said she played at Wembley, which holds 90,000. We know Sydney, Australia, where 1989 Live was filmed with 76,000. So I really think this had to have been her largest U.S. crowd ever. I'm not sure if I'm wrong, but I think. I think it is. The only one that would rival it in the States would be Dallas, right? Right. And that's, I think, at right around 80,000 anyway. Anyway, it was insane seeing all of those people. And with this concert, too, with that uh, journal of admission, like on the lawn, and they had the gates up. And so looking up to where those people were standing on the lawn and pressed up against the gate, all you could see for like a straight mile was this massive line of people just like peering over this gate ready to see Taylor. It was, it was actually pretty cool. And we also didn't mention that they handed everybody light up bracelets. Yeah, they did. The mm-hmm. Yeah. They weren't quite as cool as 1989 tour. I mean, they were still, you know, it was really nice to get them. But it was just a couple white lights that kind of, you know, came with the beat of the show. Yeah, they weren't really customized to the show. They didn't change colors, but it was still really cool. And I'm sure from Taylor's point of view, it was really cool to look out and see that. Awesome. Well, then I know Taylor grabbed her guitar and played a couple songs that she played quite often on the B stage in the last few tours. And that was You Belong With Me and 15. Right. She talked about during this point of the show a lot about how she started out 10 years ago, which was nice to hear her recognize how long she's been around. And so, yeah, she really focused on how it's been a great 10 years. And I liked when she said something like 10 years ago, I opened up my diary and I'm so glad that all of you still want to read it and still come out and experience it with me 10 years later. And I just thought that was really cool. And also regarding you belong with me, kind of like what I was saying with trouble. It was so refreshing to hear it because the band did join in on you belong with me. So it was almost like, we were back on the Fearless tour just hearing the regular version of it because obviously on the Red tour she did that like Motown version and then on 1989 it was only like totally acoustic. So this was really felt like a throwback to me, that performance especially. And the same with 15. She said that she's, again, been doing this for 10 years, but she felt like the age that really defined her. And really, I think for a lot of people, 15 is a special age, so... That was her introduction to that song. It's a pretty classic Taylor line, too. I've heard that at other concerts as well, about 15. And then came another shocker, a song from Red that I don't think anybody really expected. Yes, we were shocked when Taylor went into holy ground. Wow. I think I said, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. I think that was all I kept saying. Like, I'm so annoying. I'm so sorry to everybody that's around. I couldn't believe it. I never, ever, and I know she did play it acoustically on one 1989 show, but I never, ever thought we would hear it last night at all. Right, especially because Holy Ground was never a single, but it's obviously a very important song to her because she did play it during a 1989 show actually when she was in the UK. Hasn't she mentioned before that it's one of her favorite songs? I think so. She made such a big production out of during the Red Tour with the drums, and that was such a Oh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I was kind of wishing we could have seen that last night, because seeing Taylor rock out on the drums is always fun. But I just felt shocked. I really did not expect Holy Ground to be included. I was really excited. That was really one of the songs I really wanted to hear. I just missed the drums as well. 
Right. Didn't you mention you wanted her to start with Holy Ground? Um, I don't know if I said start with. I just knew that was something that I, that was like a song that I wanted, not when I thought that she would perform. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and really, if you look at the full set list, which we're getting through, Holy Ground's the only song on the set list that was not an actual single. It's pretty cool. And then next on the set list came another collaboration, which I think was a surprise to most people. Right. This was also a surprise. It was a mashup, which we didn't expect. Taylor started out with We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together. She had the usual graphics from 1989 tour on the backdrop. Which and- we knew was coming because she put on Instagram just whatever days before that she was rehearsing that song. So we knew she was going to play it. And I have to admit, when she started it, I zoned out a little because it wasn't the rock version that I love so dearly. And I was like, eh, I've heard this. And that was a big mistake, as I learned a few moments later. Right. It was a huge mistake. I did the same thing. I think I've been pretty forthright in past episodes about how Weird Never is not my favorite song ever. And I wasn't really even looking forward to hearing it on the 1989 tour. But the way she reworked it made it one of my absolute favorite performances. But then last night when she just went into the straight version, I thought, oh, okay. I was excited, but I just was trying to focus on watching her and not recording on my camera or phone. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, she goes into bad blood and we all look at each other. I was like, what? (laughs) Yeah, we're like, what? And so I immediately regretted not having my camera out recording it because it works so well together. It's incredible how Taylor comes up with these things. I don't know how she figures out how these songs go together, but... I feel like... So I guess my kind of theory by the time the show was done was that she took the 1989 tour set list as a template and then just, like, changed the parts she wanted to change. So I feel like maybe she was thinking about the fact that she wears the same outfit in both of those on the 1989 tour and then realized that she could, like, mold them into one. Hmm. That's interesting. Possibly. That could be. But it's something that I didn't realize I needed in my life until it actually happened. (laughs) I'm so obsessed. That's so true. They're both songs that on their own I like but aren't necessarily my favorites. But the song I would replay over and over and over and over again. The sass level, I can't even. (laughs) But we didn't get good video of it. It's very disappointing. Were you guys able to see clips of that? Just very briefly. A lot of clips, like I think we've talked about in the past a little bit, have been taken down. Right. I've only been seeing 30-second clips at a time. Right. Any full videos have been taken down, but you can find small clips out there. Well, next was Love Story, and was it just the regular electronic keyboard version? Yes, it was pretty much 1989 version. Almost word for word to the intro. The intro. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the backup singers did a great job on that, like they always do. Of course, Taylor was not flying around, but it was pretty much the same as 1989. I like how this version of Love Story is the new standard for Love Story, by the way. I like this version a lot better. I do too. I like it. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know that this version of Love Story will stay around forever because it does have such an 80s feel to it, but I really like it too. So then came the bombshell of the night, and Ashley can tell us how that started. So uh, we obviously had no idea what was coming next. It was all a really wild ride up to that point. And suddenly, 
the floor opens up <laughs> and this massive bedazzled piano sparklier than anything I've ever seen in my life just rises up from the floor and I'm like, and I just start saying, Oh my God, over and over again. I think the heavens opened up as well at the same time and just shone down upon this piano. And Taylor made a joke like, I don't think this is sparkly enough. What do you guys think? (laughs) Yeah. Ashley was just like, there's a piano coming out of the stage. (laughs) Oh, stating the obvious. But it reminded me of Taylor's old sparkly guitar. From way back yeah, in the day. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the Silver Sparkly Guitar. Which is on the Our Song music video. Mm-hmm. So it was fun. And then we were like, we don't know what's happening, guys, but this must be exciting. And she starts playing some chords, and she's just casually playing these chords, and then suddenly, keeping consistent with my theme, I just start saying, this is what you came for, this is what... And I just start, like, saying it over and... Like, I could not wrap my head around what was actually happening and like unfortunately I had seen people talking about her sound checking it the day before but even when I saw that part of me didn't think she would play it because I know that sometimes she just sound checks random songs that she feels like sound checking and doesn't perform them like we've been fooled by that before so to hear Mm -hmm. the chords I just lost it see I I hear that song almost every day on pop radio or wherever I didn't recognize those chords at all And I see Ashley freaking out, and they tap me on the shoulder. They're like, don't you know what this is? I'm like, no, what is this? They're like, this is what you came for. I'm like, no, it is not. (laughs) (laughs) And then we felt awful because he didn't know, so we kind of ruined it. I was okay. I was still, I was floored. I was shocked. I could not believe it was happening. Does anyone remember what Taylor said? Because I was, like, flipping out. Yeah, basically, she's like, you know, I wrote a song, and it was my song, and it's really nice. You know, basically that she wanted people to recognize that it was her song when that she was about to play. And then she just kind of went into it. There was, was some like, sass there. There was some sass. Mm-hmm. She was like, I've never played it before. I think you might know the words. Mm-hmm. If you do, you could sing <laughs> yeah, along. Yeah, please sing along, right? It was crazy. So she sang the whole song, all of Rihanna's lyrics. And then, of course, she had the part in the chorus as well. Right. I, it felt a little short. I think she shortened it a little bit. Yeah. It did seem shortened because uh, the the whole song probably only lasted, I don't know what, minute and a half, maybe two minutes, but because the lyrics are very repetitive. But I think she cut out about 5,000 repetitions of the word you. <laughs> <laughs> but it was so much nicer on the like the piano version. Wow, how much better is that than the pop version? I, like, I could not believe it. I guess the fact that Taylor performed the whole thing just made it completely more worth it. But even still, the piano version I like so much more than the pop version. Oh, absolutely. And to have Taylor sing the whole song, like Nate said, it was so much better than what you hear on the radio. It was a huge win for Taylor. Everyone knew, too. Everyone's like, oh, she's doing it. She's doing it. (laughs) And the girl behind us screams, she's so savage. (laughs) (laughs) So I was wondering, I'm guessing this isn't possible or would never happen, but obviously this song was Calvin Harris featuring Rihanna. But do you think it's possible that at any point Taylor could record the song herself and release it herself? I mean, if she owns the rights to the song, maybe. I just don't see it happening, though. Yeah, I don't see it happening either. Yeah, I think it would be nice, but probably very unlikely. I don't know. I hate to say it, but I feel like this might have been a one-and-done deal. I I don't think we'll ever see that performed again. I really don't. I would agree. 
I think people will beg for it, cry for it, demand it, make signs for it, and she will never do it again. Why are you laughing? I'm just imagining that next door. Well, no, like next door with signs, and they'll be like, "This is what I came for. (laughs) Show for (laughs) to see you perform. This is what." I saw a lot of people commenting on her Instagram later, saying, "This is what I came for, Taylor." (laughs) I think people were very happy that she performed it because it was the closest we got to a new Taylor song being performed. And it was really completely unexpected. Like Ashley, I had seen the spoilers the day before by accident, but I was telling myself it wasn't actually going to happen. Well, next, Taylor stayed on the piano and played another fan favorite from back in the Speak Now era. Right. She went right into Sparks Fly on piano. Wow. It was crazy. I just couldn't believe we were having Sparks Fly on piano. And We've talked about it. We know that Sparks Fly is a huge fan favorite and fans demanded it because it was an old song and they demanded it and that's why she put it on Speak Now. But I wasn't really sure that she would include it. So I was really happy with this. I definitely never thought I would witness piano headbanging all too well style to Sparks Fly. (laughs) It was kind of a mind blowing moment for me because she was really going all at it with the headbanging and hair flipping. Like, if you remember the cover of the Red Tour book where her hair is flipped back, like, that was this whole performance. And, of course, during the performance, too, she had the pyrotechnics going. There were actual literal sparks flying everywhere the entire time. It was yeah, great. and I thought we were going to die of, like, inhalation fumes when it was over. <laughs> <laughs> well, then we were winding down with the concert, and it turned into pretty much the end of the 1989 World Tour, didn't it? Well... Yeah, and I think we were not expecting it to wrap up because it had been promoted as being about a two-hour show. And I think when we were predicting set list, we were basing it off of about 20 songs. And for me, I, I felt like we were just getting started. Like, I was geared up to go another hour. Like, I was so into it. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. This is the Wildest Dreams Enchanted version from the tour. Like, okay, that's cool. Which I love that version. It's it's awesome. I hear it every single concert I go to if I can. Absolutely. I will never get sick of that version. But again, I sadly feel like that probably was the last time. It might honestly be. And actually, and I was this... wrong. Enchanted was never a single. I mentioned before Holy Ground was the only song that was never a single. Enchanted was not a single, but still, we had heard it before. I feel like now that I'm thinking about it, I do want to appreciate the fact that we got to see some of those performances again, because how many old tour performances have we said, I wish I could see that just one more time. (laughs) That's exactly what I thought. So we really need to be more grateful and not complain, which we're not at all. No, that particular performance is just outstanding. And again, it's sort of like the, what I said with We're Never in Bad Blood mashup. I just always think, how did she come up with that? How did she figure out to put those two songs together? It's crazy. But immediately after that, when she went into Out of the Woods, I was getting a little uneasy. I was thinking, "Uh oh, <laughs> this we know what happened." <laughs> yeah, it felt very suspicious. I was thinking, "Is she gonna do the whole sing with me one last time, Austin?" And she did indeed do that. But even again, when she did that, my thought process was. It's still not over. She's either going to be like, just kidding, we're just getting started, or she's going to, or she just 
said it accidentally on autopilot because she's so used to saying that in that song. Like, I still wasn't buying that it was actually ending until we then went in to shake it off. Yeah. Although I will say, Out of the Woods, I feel the same way about. I was really glad to see it again. Such a great performance. And Shake It Off had the fireworks and it was just like the tour? Pretty much without all the dancers and the revolving catwalk. Right. But yeah. The fireworks are going off so much. All that smoke that just, like, I don't know, permeated the area. As, as soon as the lights went up, all the pink lights basically, that's all you saw was just this blinding pink everywhere because it was reflecting off so much smoke cool. that was just surrounding the area. Mm. So once again, we were wrong about a lot of things. Yes, we were. As usual. You know. <laughs> we were predicting album announcements or new singles or anything, and none of that happened. I yeah. mean, right when the show was starting, I was of the mindset that after she got done with the show, she would say, by the way, this was the set list or the track list, my greatest hits in stores tomorrow or something like that. But nope. So when this concert was first announced and as it got closer, I was convinced that she was going to pull a Beyonce sort of a thing and do just a whole new album for us. And then as it got closer, I definitely backed away from that because she just wasn't really promoting it or talking about it at all. But I still thought maybe she would do a surprise song, a new song. Obviously, there were surprises here, but I thought she would say, hey, I wrote this new song. Here it is. And that didn't even happen. So... We're wrong about a lot of things. It happens. <laughs> I even thought that maybe during like the acoustic set, she would just be kind of, as she was talking, updating us on her life and like, I'm in the studio, like this is my day-to-day life now, like I'm trying to take some time, you know, just say something to like give us a, an indication of what she's been doing lately and she really didn't. So I can only think that she's waiting for it to be that much more of a shock when she finally does because I don't think it's going to be next October. I think it's going to be at some random time when we're not expecting it. And I think that will be the most effective way to do it. I completely agree. And we know she has all this stuff coming up. We know she has a mobile game coming out soon. We know she's going to be performing before the Super Bowl. So we just have to wait and see. You know, it's interesting. We get all of these things wrong, but really I take that as a really good sign because that just means Taylor isn't predictable and it's never going to get old. So yeah, you're right. That's a great, as long as she keeps us on her toes, that's what's going to keep us coming back. So that's so true. And I read a couple different reviews of the concert today. All the reviews were really positive. And basically one of them said fans might've showed up expecting special guests, surprise single drops and surprise album announcements, but she didn't need any of that. It was a phenomenal show. For 80,000 people. Yeah, the reviews were great. If you haven't read them, go find them. They're fun to read. But I know we talked about on previous episodes our predictions. And for me, one thing that really surprised me was Mean was not included. Our song was not included. Taylor didn't sing a single song from her debut album. No Tim McGraw. And I just thought it was so funny because she I feel like she faked us out, whether by accident or on purpose, because she was like, I started writing songs 10 years ago. Now, here's a song from my album, Fearless. It's <laughs> just like, okay. And it's funny that she said that because really she started writing songs when she was 12, which was practically 15 years ago. So I don't know what she was doing. She might have been, she might have had way too much 
cough medicine or something. I don't know. Which self, I mean, she's self-admittedly, you know, fessed up to that. I remember what, Red Tour, Nashville, same thing. She's like, I'm on a lot of cough syrup right now. (laughs) (laughs) But I completely agree. I think Mm -hmm. her keeping us on our toes is the most important thing. And I'm glad that we can't figure out what she's up to. So for you who watched online, like probably a lot of SwiftCast listeners had to do, what did you think? Is there anything that jumped out at you? No, not particularly. I had known from the sound check the day before or the night before that this is what you came for was going to be part of the set list. And the videos I watched of it were very cool. And it was very cool to see something new, just like you guys said. Um, So definitely that and Holy Ground were the two cool parts from looking in on the outside. So I guess my question is, I mean, it might seem like an obvious question, but do you guys feel like Taylor designed this as a greatest hits show or were these just the songs that she felt like playing for whatever reason? I think if it was a greatest hits show, it was kind of lacking. Yeah, it was lacking a whole era. I I would agree with that too. I think it was more of just a a one-off show um, since Taylor, you know, wrapped up the 1989 World Tour last December and Circuit of the Americas offered to have her at this concert. She decided, sure, let's do it. Uh, And she just put together, you know, a set list that she thought would be fun for the fans. And it was just a a one-time thing that a lot of people enjoyed. And I feel like it was probably really fun for her just to have this show because if I were her, I would feel really weird if I went an entire calendar year without playing at least one show. There's never been a year in her career where she hasn't played a single show. Yeah. Even just a little performance, like on Ellen or something, you know? Or a TV show, yeah. Yeah, like when she performed with Zac Efron for two minutes. And she kept joking and telling us that we were the best crowd of 2016. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we were. I mean, really. (laughs) But yeah, overall, I just, as we were walking out, I think I kept saying, I can't believe that was real. I can't believe that was real. I'm still saying that today. I'll probably still be saying that in a month. Well, and actually that reminded me at the beginning when she did say about us being the best crowd of 2016, I thought she was going to say, if you're the best crowd, then I'll give you a surprise. Like she would do for 1989. (laughs) Me too, definitely. And she would say, if you keep going like this, I'm going to bring out... I might have a surprise for you. And then she would bring out all these special guests. So I thought she was going to go with that and say, I might have a surprise or two for you and then do a single, but that didn't happen. I have thought Usher was going to be out on stage with her. I was like, Usher's <laughs> playing the night afterwards. I'm like, Hey, you might honestly just walk right out and they'll start singing confessions or something. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a fantastic experience. I'm excited to see what she has planned for the Super Bowl now. She doesn't need dancers. She doesn't need outfit and set changes she doesn't need guests all she literally needs is a guitar and she can sell out 80,000 person shows that's just a fact so we'd love to hear what anyone listening thought whether you were there or you watched online we met so many great people I think that's my favorite part of going to shows and what I miss when tours not going on is just not being around the the fans and even just like anybody ever saying they listen to the show is crazy to me so being around people, being like, oh, I listen to your show, even if they don't listen every week, like, that made the day even so much better, and I just had so much fun. I'm really glad we got to end the year, basically, this way. Yeah, we had a ton of fun meeting listeners. 
we really appreciate you listening to us talk, listening to us make completely wrong predictions about <laughs> things Taylor's going to do. We'll continue to do it. We just hope you'll continue to listen. And, you know, for those of you who have not been to Austin, this city is actually very cool. We're still sitting here right now. Uh, the barbecue's awesome. The people are cool. If you've not been here, definitely come next year for Formula One. It's a very colorful city. There's just colorful. murals and paintings and fun things everywhere. The city's tagline is keep Austin weird. It's very eclectic. It's one of the most unique places I've ever been. Yeah, lots of great photo opportunities. We actually ran into some Swifties while we were taking photos downtown. And there's a restaurant here called Swift's Attic, which we obviously went to. But not only is the name great, but the food is fantastic. They make homemade Pop-Tarts that are the size of your head. <laughs> and of course, Taylor loves Pop-Tarts, so we had to get one. And at Swift's Attic, of course, they serve Taylor ham. I thought that was interesting. <laughs> yeah, we all got Taylor ham. It was great. This whole trip has been great. I don't want to leave. I'm just so glad that Taylor brought us here. It's a new experience for us. And she kept mentioning how much she loves a Texas crowd and said she can't wait to come back to Texas, which she will be doing in February for Houston. So it's pretty exciting. Yes, we'll see what she has in store. Well, it sounds like you guys had a great time, and like they said, we would love to hear from any of you listeners. There are a lot of ways you can reach out to us. On Twitter, we're at SwiftCast13. We're SwiftCast13.tumblr.com, Instagram.com slash TheSwiftCast13, Facebook.com slash TheSwiftCast. You can always email us, TheSwiftCast13 at gmail.com. And check out our website, swiftcast13.com. And of course, we'd love for you to subscribe to us on iTunes, and then it will download our latest episode for you automatically. So thanks for listening, guys. This has been episode 175. This is Adam. Haley. Ashley. Steph. Nate. And Ashley. And we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Later. Thank you for listening to this episode of SwiftCast. Visit us on the web at theswiftcast.com. Swiftcast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift, Big Machine Label Group, or 13 Management. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.